Snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. Mayfield's got the snap. Looks right, throws right, end zone. Touchdown. Anybody's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am your host, Andy Lytle. And we just got through draft weekend, baby. And what a draft it was for our Cleveland Browns. And shout out to the entire city of Cleveland. What an event you all put on. Holy shit. It looked, I obviously, I live in the Vegas, Las Vegas area, so I didn't make it back to the draft. Um, but just watching it on TV, I couldn't get over how good it looked. You know, I know we had some weather issues the first day a little bit. But everything kind of cleared up, and I think it worked out for everyone. But, man, it looked badass. So shout out to everyone involved. Shout out to all the people uh, who attended, uh, except Pumpkinhead. Um, but you guys <laughs> – <laughs> but no, pump, whatever. Nah, well, it's fine. But anyway. Um, Tell so, us how I feel. Yeah, exactly. So I'm as I am never alone here on the podcast, I have guests on every week. We actually have some returning guests that I've already had on the show. Um, this is episode nine. Yeah, is it nine already? Shit, I think it is. Um, so we're going to be covering everything and Brown's draft. We're going to go through all the picks. We're going to talk about it. Um, I'm joined again, once again, by Caitlin Marshall of Crunch Time with Caitlin. What's going on, Kay? Welcome back, my friend. Hey, dude. I'm thankful you uh, invited me on to the, the draft recap spectacular yeah that's what that, that might that might be the name that might be the title of this episode i got you dude <laughs> and also returning who we just had on a few weeks ago but uh i want to have him back on again because one everyone here today i you know guest i have on it's people i've kind of like talked to the for the first time i have had some friends on everyone i've had on is a friend but i've known all these people for years so it's cool i wanted to go over this particular topic about the draft and everything with these guys and also returning are the top dogs podcast alex hale jackson mccurry jack alex what's going on boys i feel the need the need for speed. Yeah, so does. So That's does the theme of this draft. So does Andrew Barry and company. Jack, <laughs> what's up, dude? Going on, Alex, Andy, Kate, yeah, what's hey. going on, everybody? Yeah, what's going on, hey. man? We're doing well, man. <laughs> so, guys, first off, I, I just can't. Let's let's start from the top. Let's just start with the first pick. How how the board fell. Because I went over, I, I I don't know what you guys did for day one, but I went over to my dad's. We smoked some ribs, and I'm just watching how this board was falling. And each pick would go, you know, each pick went by. Next thing you know, we're at 14, 16, 20, 22. And Greg Newsom was still on the board. JOK was still on the board. Uh, hell, even before 22, Caleb Farley was still on the board. Uh, Christian Barmore was still on the board. There was a lot 
of players of need that were falling, that were just the way that the board was was going. I couldn't get over how this board was falling. I just kept looking at my dad. I kept going, oh, my God, I can't believe how this board is falling. This is insane. This is insane. This is insane. So I was just I, saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, what, what were you guys thinking as – because here's what I'll tell you. Because of Stephen Thomas and his sickness of this mock draft shenanigans that he that he does, he's had me addicted to these NFL draft simulators for about three or four years now. And I did a mock draft just about every day for the last 60 days heading up to the draft. I'd say Greg Newsom, the second out of Northwestern, was available at 26. Only 25% of those drafts that I did. Now, obviously, it's not the end-all, be-all, but those kind of give you a vague picture of how it could play out. So with you guys, what was going through your mind as this board was board was fallen? Kay, I'll start with you. Oh, dude, I mean, perfect case scenario. I mean, if, I mean, they could, they had so many options, right? At 26, they can, they could have traded back. Uh, they, I mean, shit, people were wanted to trade up for Greg Newsom. Yeah. And he's there at 26. Um, I was just so glad that guys like uh, Jameen Davis and yes. uh, Zayvon Collins were were taken way before. <laughs> you, Man, me too. They, I, I, when Zayvon Collins' heart, name I got so called, scared. I was just, woo, a big sigh of relief. Well, I mean, because I literally went to bat for a cornerback the entire draft day on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. going back and forth with these Jamokes who fucking thought that, <laughs> you know, Andrew Barry wanted an inside linebacker at 26 when, you know, it's like we had no outside corner opposite of Denzel Ward. No. And really the hope was, okay, looking at the board, is someone like Caleb Farley going to be there? Is someone like Greg Newsom going to be there? And I was shocked when at 22, Caleb Farley went to Tennessee and I'm like, no way Pittsburgh's taking a corner. No way Jacksonville's taking a corner. Uh, Who's the, uh, was it? 23 the Vikings uh, Minnesota took, Minnesota yeah, they took Derrishaw because yeah. they traded up they traded uh up and or they traded out and I was like dude 26 Greg Newsom's right there it's a need I mean he's in a, one of the top corners in the draft I, I was yeah. shocked and, number 18 on the uh highly respected Dane Brugler's big board and yes. one more point I was surprised that looking at the draft uh JC Horn went eight Patrick Sertain went nine Yeah, from 10 to 21. No corners were taken. No, I couldn't believe it. See, I thought I agree. Cause I thought that was a bad sign when, when horn went eight and then 1000% and then Sertain went right after that. Cause you know, who got really screwed in that scenario were the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cause you know, they and were then, all, they were all in on one of those two guys. And then they trade in the division. So I'm like, okay, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to trade two spots back and yeah. st- a corner whether it's farley or newsom they take michael parsons with oof i mean yeah hey you know they don't believe in character in dallas no it's, <laughs> it's never been a concern never no. no no jack so the way 26 played out with greg newsom i mean did you think the board was gonna fall that way no not at all i think like once collins went to arizona i felt a little better yeah. But then t- Tennessee was obviously one of the hurdles. I thought Indy maybe could go corner. Yeah, definitely. They had needs on defense. But once we got past those two, felt pretty good about it. But even at the same time, we have a group chat over the dogland. I was like, 
we need a hot Pittsburgh. I don't trust Pittsburgh. And they're like, no, Jack Duffin, like, called the picks, like, 24, He called 25. the last three picks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And even then, I'm still nervous. I'm a Browns fan. I'm still yeah, going to always be nervous. I think we all have that kind of mindset. But, like, no way did I think the board was going to fall the way they did, especially, like you guys said, when Horn and Sertan went 8-9. I got a little nervous because I thought maybe Dallas would reach, but they didn't, thankfully. They yeah. took a linebacker. So, you know, that's a good thought. Um, because they, I mean, they need everything on defense. I think it was, I think I saw something where it was the first time in Dallas Cowboys uh draft history that they their first six picks of a draft was all defense. Um, that's as needed. Their yeah, as needed, needed, as we all know. And the, uh I mean their biggest thing on that defense was that is is that secondary i tell you i never thought of that part of me wonders if they should have just pulled the trigger on farley or newsome right there i mean it really wouldn't have been a reach either i mean it's no a need, not like, really if he's what the 18th best player yeah and I the mean, you know, best corner why not it, yeah i'm I glad mean, they didn't though yeah, yeah obviously amen. i am too <laughs> Alex fell so, perfectly. Yeah, I mean, so Alex, I was just gonna go to you. The the way that board fell. I mean, I I can't tell you guys. And I, I was pacing around my dad's house like there was no tomorrow. I was driving his dogs nuts. I was probably driving him nuts. But Alex, the way the board fell, man. I mean, I I didn't see it coming. I'm sure you didn't either. No. Um. So I was actually there. Uh, yeah. So I know you guys know I was there. Uh, yeah. For the listeners, I was actually there. Uh, not in the uh fan vaccinated zone two days too late. Yeah, uh, you missed it by two days of being fully back. I know. I'm it sorry, bud. I'm it's sorry. okay. I was gonna be with Pat and Shaker, and uh, we would have been front and center. I was crying when I saw his picture. I was like, yeah. Really, bro, you're killing me. You could have uh, got pumpkin heads autograph, would have been a hell of a time. I would look for I would look for big dog if I had known big dog was there. Man, Man, I would. Yeah. Man, Anyways, why the hell? I'm sorry. Real quick. Why the hell they did not get Big Dog up there instead of Pumpkinhead? Come on. I don't get it anymore. Because I, I don't want to give that, that 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 jerk off too much. Uh, too much. Uh, Imagine yeah. with a fruit on your head, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. I'm it's sorry. the great pumpkin head, Charlie Brown. Yes. Uh, anyways, uh, I was actually right by the stadium. There was like one area that. I don't know how I just figured out you could just stand there and get a view, but I did. Um, so I had a good view, but it got really crammed there, and a bunch of different fans were there. Steeler fans. Sure. I saw some Jags, Jets, Vikings, uh, just a whole bunch of fans there. Uh, by the time it was like pick, when the Jets came up, I started getting a little nervous because I knew they needed a corner. When they didn't go corner, I started feeling a little bit better. And I said, if it gets by Arizona, Arizona is the one I kept circling. I said, they lost Patrick Peterson. They need a corner. I'm scared here. When they went Zayvon Collins, I was like, okay, I'm going down the list. Oakland, no. Uh, Miami, no. Washington, no. Uh, who is 20 New York? No, yeah. The only one then was Tennessee, and in my mock 4.0, I was sold they wanted Caleb Fartley because Jack brought up a great point to me when we did an episode saying they don't have this uh concern about injuries, they did it with Jeffrey Simmons, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, they're gonna go after Farley, 
So, and again, Mach 4.0 got 11 out of 32. Good job, dude. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know how that happened. That's awesome. Uh, in, In a side note, when we looked up today, it wasn't the correct team. But the Cowboys actually picked Parsons and uh, Kelvin Joseph, which I had as the first two picks for the Cardinals. So I'm giving myself 11 and a half for that. There you go. So I like it. it. um, But once it got by 22, I started looking at the three teams. I'm like, he's going to be there. You sprint to that goddamn podium and you take Greg (laughs) Newsom or else I'm I'm driving back to Berea and I'm kicking Andrew Barry's butt. You don't no pick need. JOK. No you, need. Don't. You, no need. I, I had full confidence he was going to do it. And when he picked him, I got the video of it. Okay. I I was so freaking happy. I, I was so happy. We were all happy. Yeah. Uh, and Steeler fans around us were going like, "Ugh, we took a running back and you took Newsome. <laughs> I hate you. And I was like, how does it feel to be the peasants now? Yes. How does it feel? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think you. I know, I think all of you know, Greg Newsom was my number one target. Um, I just, Same here. you know, and I think a lot of us kind of felt that way because at the end of the day, outside corner was our biggest need. It, 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 it was hell. We still need another, in my opinion, or another corner yeah. in the room, period. Um, so when he fell, you know, I, I was just absolutely elated because everything I read about this kid is he does he does obviously a lot of things well with the position uh he's six foot he's 192 pounds big kid awesome 40 he ran he's got all the ball skills i mean i'm just gonna read a little thing here from from the clevelandbrowns.com this to me is awesome uh he was a okay let's see where is it at let me get it this, okay, third team All-American after the 2020 season in which he allowed just a 31.6% completion rate to throws in his direction per pro football focus. In a shortened season, Newsom led the Big Ten with 10 passes defensed and did not allow, did not allow a completion on third down. Guys, K. How many big third downs did the Browns defense give up last year? All, all the way them. to the end of the season. All of them. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if I said it on your podcast, but I've said it on my podcast multiple times. The Browns were, I think, 25 of 31 on fourth down, uh, for giving up fourth downs. Ugh. Or it's like it was either 25 of 31 or 26 of 32. Oh. It's one or the other. My goodness. Yeah, I, I, I. I, I just, I feel like the kid's going to be fine. I know there's some injury concerns with him, but I've looked, it looks like it, it, it's nothing. It doesn't seem to be anything major. Like to me, I think Caleb Farley had some more injury, oh, baggage, yeah. Yeah. injury yes, baggage than, uh, than, than Newsom. So, you know, it's football, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. dudes are going to get hurt. It's just going to happen. Some get hurt more than others. Some play through injuries more than others. And everything that I've read about Greg Newsom, he's a tough kid. And here's my favorite part. Obviously, he's smart. He went to Northwestern, uh, which is like the Ivy school of the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. But he is a everything I'm hearing is he is a bookworm, too. And I mean, his playbook. He is dedicated to his craft and dedicated to get better. 
Yes. Home run pick by Andrew Barry. You guys got any final thoughts on Mr. Greg Newsom or the Cleveland Browns' newest cornerback? I think the people I just who have... ha- I think the people who hate the move are just like the fans who really don't understand like football. You know, it's <laughs> just you. like thank I mean, you. It's, it's thank literally you. people where it's like, well, he's hurt. It's like, well, look, soft tissue injuries happen, especially at cornerback and running back. It like does. those things happen. And then the other thing that people are gonna, well, he only had one interception in his career. It's like he had like 25, what is it, 25, 26 pass to foot yeah. defended. Yeah. That's more important. That's way more important. And in a shortened the, season, the he had 10 come. last year in a shortened season. Exactly. 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 You can develop ball skills, but to actually defend the pass while it's in the air yes. and defend your receiver, that's what's important. Absolutely. Like, exactly. You don't have to inter- – yes, interceptions are great, absolutely, but first down completions on third down are worse. <laughs> I mean, it's, absolutely. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, just make a play on the ball. You don't have to pick it. <laughs> you know, just make interceptions a damn play. are great, but when again, when that's the only time you're ever going to get off the field, like hello, exactly so the issue we had all of last year. So. Alex, you had a thought before we moved on. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know how he was available on the board, and <laughs> anyone neither, who dude. was, and anyone who Me was neither. screaming, and anyone who was mad day one because we didn't get a linebacker. Yes, we're going to get to it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is, I thought we got a safety in the second round. We did. Thank you. Thank Go you. Go I'm going to say this very loud and clear. Linebackers do not matter in a 4-2-5 defense. Get it through your thick skulls. They, they, don't, they don't matter as much as other positions. Exactly. They don't. That that's I mean, kind. Of, that's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah, just like I'm trying yeah. to be more direct about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to roll out K and I out there to play linebacker for the Browns. But you, you I don't want to be a linebacker. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I. I. You know. I. I hate grading drafts, but like this pick is just you got to. You got to go on potential it's all we can go on I, I think grading drafts the day like i saw it all over my twitter timeline today when we're recording this on a sunday and i'm i'm <laughs> i just laugh because like come on we don't know but they it's stayed put they stayed put yeah that's they just it. let the board fall to them and see i'm glad it would have been it would have been, been an a plus whether they jumped up to 18 sure. to get them yeah, that's a good point 26 and they still got their guy and they still had a number of options to whatever they wanted to do. I'm glad you brought that up, Kate, because I had that thought a few minutes ago and then my ADD brain just forgot it. Yes, Andrew Barry deserves a lot of credit. For one, him, he and his team obviously had everything pretty pigeon-toed and, 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 and mocked out pretty well. Um, they seem to be very good at that, at projecting the board. Um, the fact that he was able to show discipline and stand pat and sit sit pat and just have him because at the end of the day it's a little risky um because hell the next round he he didn't sit and wait um but just just the just the composure the intelligence and just the discipline to stand pat and just have your guy come to you because i i don't i don't really care what their big board was like i'd love to see their big board but i gotta believe at this at around I, 
I don't know. Do you guys think they had Newsom over Farley on their big board? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I younger, think so. younger, more athletic, less injury history. Yeah. About the same length. Farley being a little yep. bit taller. He was higher. Yep. Newsom was higher. I, I, they probably take Farley if the picks are swapped, but I think, yeah, when it comes to their actual board, I think they went 100%, you know. It makes me wonder if they did put a call into the Colts. Cause that's no, you don't think so. Or why? Well, actually, 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 if you look back at that John Dorsey prank call, <laughs> uh, the Colts were expecting a call from another team when he called and he yeah. said, Hey, we're working here and hung up. Yeah. Which makes me believe See, the Colts were in discussions okay. with somebody. I, and there's a it, history there too, between the Browns and the Colts. Yes. That's Last true. Two drafts. They made trades. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I am just I, I was just so elated. I, I I we we've been screaming about it, all of us, literally at the top of our lungs, one on our own shows, on my show and Twitter, about how bad the Browns needed more help in the secondary, specifically a you know a second corner to put next to Denzel Ward. And I I feel pretty confident they got their guy, man. And, and I, I love his size. Mm-hmm. And and Newsom said in his press conference, and I don't know if he just said this to you know get the Browns fans excited. He said he mirrors his game after Denzel Ward. And yeah, when you watch him on tape, you can see that. Yes. So I mean, who better? Newsom's going to come in and he's going to be able to learn from Denzel Ward now. Absolutely, and, that, and that's only going to make him better. So that's yeah, it's just a great pick overall. Yeah. It's gonna be a fun duo. So oh, for sure, night one. Uh, for the Browns, the NFL draft, uh, night one of the NFL draft, I think we all can agree. It just, it couldn't have gone it for me. It couldn't have gone any, I mean, unless I guess JC Horn slipped the 26, but that was never going to happen. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So just when we thought we had seen the major fireworks, um, a, a player that Paul D. Badesta confirmed after day two that, um, was in consideration at 26 was JOK, the hybrid linebacker safety out of Notre Dame. Um, I am going <laughs> to, before we get rolling on this, I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed laughing at my timeline on Twitter, watching people argue over if he's a linebacker or safety. <laughs> he's just a hybrid. The next we actually- Browns debate. Actually, we said this on our pod uh, that was recorded today. It's basically Jabril Peppers, but the other way around. He's a linebacker who plays like a safety as Jabril was a safety that plays like Like a a linebacker. linebacker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty novice when it comes to, to, to schemes like this, especially very detailed schematics i get the basics i know my gaps my a gap my b gap my three technique my one technique all that stuff but if if you give me a dry a a dry erase board and marker i'm not going to be able to show you what the hell this guy's going to do on the browns defense however i can say that he was in consideration according to paul d bedesta at number 26 so and i will before i'm going to preface this by saying, and again, this isn't the end all be all, but I think we all respect Dane Brugler a lot, who 
Uh, he's yes. a you know NFL draft analyst for the uh, and writer for the Athletic. Uh, I he creates the ultimate ultimate draft guide, which is called the Beast. I've had it four years now in a row. Oh God, maybe even five. Um, great stuff. Dane Brugler just does amazing work. And JOK, I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna. I got. I'm going to attempt to say his full name. Shit. Jeremiah <laughs> Awusu Koromoa. Is that it? Did I That's, nail it? You got it. I think you nailed it. I think I nailed it. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. It's easy. But anyway, JOK was 15th on Dane Brugler's big board. Okay, so Newsom was 18th on Brugler's big board. We got him at 26. JOK somehow did not go day one, who was 15th on Brugler's Brugler's big board when the draft started I look when that when, when day two started I thought it was a pipe dream to to, to get JOK because I didn't think we were going to be able to I, I I just know this front office I think we all I know we all do you know moving up and you know moving up from 59 which is say 37 that was just too that far been ridiculous yeah it was too far I mean he was literally going to have to drop to like 49 48 to 52 somewhere in there for us to even have a shot and i think we all can agree we were all on together and we did not think this would happen yes we all we all watched this together and there was no way that he was gonna make it that far but he just kept falling and he kept falling and next thing you know he was sitting there at 52 Andrew Barry and company traded up to get their guy. And again, a great trade because essentially they gave up, uh, what was it? 89 and they swapped 89 it. and they swapped it for like 113. Yeah. So yeah. they just, yeah, they essentially sw- moved up to 52 from 59 and then swapped 89 and one pick 113. I mean, great trade. I saw something that uh, uh, one of the analytics people that uh, from, I forget who it was, but I can't even remember what they said, but it was something to the effect of shit i can't remember it now but it was, it was some- like it was like five percent like value. value i know exactly it who was, you're yeah, talking about yeah. the, the equivalent of giving up a seventh, a seventh round, round pick. pick yes so the value to move up from where they did was the equivalent of giving up a seventh round pick which is yeah i mean that was a great trade and that was a bad trade for the other team but like they, they kind of helped us out bros <laughs> you kind of helped us out so let's recap this 52 man because a lot of Browns fans wanted JOK at 26, and I understand it. We got our guy. I think we all wanted Newsom over JOK, JOK yeah. at 26. But thank goodness we didn't go JOK because we ended up getting that beautiful bastard at 52. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you, dude. Like When that happened, because when we were on the clock and we moved up, who were you kind of leaning towards? Because we were like, is it wide receiver? Is it JOK? We're kind of replay that moment for me a little bit. I think some of like we were all together, obviously, uh, yeah. live streaming it. And I think some of us thought it was going to be JOK. Others thought maybe Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU. Like we thought we might go yeah. wide receiver at that point. Yeah. But I felt like at that point it was for JOK just because the way he fell. And I mean, a lot of the boards had him as a top 20 prospect. And I think at that point at 52, that's great value. And it was a great trade like we just talked about. So at, at that point, I think it was like, yeah, we're getting JOK. 
We're getting an impact playmaker on the defensive level. Another one, obviously, we already got Greg Newsome. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, it was a great draft, great trade, and great pick, obviously, of JOK. Alex? Yeah, so first off, I actually have one of the analysis. It's from Lee Sharp NFL on Twitter. Sure. And basically, he compared it to his own trade value and the Jimmy Johnson uh, trade value. And his one uh, note of it is this is about as close to a balanced trade as you're likely to see in the NFL. Basically, by the standards, it's an equal value trade. It's like they didn't really give up anything in terms of the value. Sure. So at that point, I I was like, I know that's how weird this whole thing is. The whole NFL is playing checkers and Andrew Barry's playing playing 3D chess, chess, man. It's 3D chess, no less. But at that point, I thought for a minute it was Terrace Marshall because I was like, he checks all the boxes. They need our wide receiver. And I I don't blame you for thinking that because when day two started, there was a plethora of good wide receiver prospects on the board. And I think we all, and I think we just, no one thought the JOK would slip. And to to all of us, I think if I'm going back, wide receiver just made the most sense just based off Mm -hmm. what was available. Go ahead. Exactly. And I know it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but with Diamond Brown, uh, Terrace Marshall, and others on the board, yeah. I thought for sure they were going up to get one of them. But then the more and more I thought about it as we were going on live stream, I was like, no, it's JOK because they'll just go back and get one round three. And again, even though I said linebackers don't matter, he ain't a linebacker. He's a hybrid. He fits beautifully into yeah. this scheme. The Browns already know what they're going to do with this guy. And when they picked them, I'm like, you get two first round talents in two rounds. It's like, can we just stop the count now? Like, stop the count. It's over. Browns win. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland might as well have a parade at the draft around the draft stage that the Browns won the draft. I don't know why McNeil didn't say we're having a draft parade, but we should have had a draft parade because we won another draft. So. But just wow, Andrew Barry just to walk away with those first two picks, and we were still going. I, my mind was numb. Like, how? How did they do this? So, just bravo! I can't do any better. It's just incredible because if you just take what Andrew Barry did in free agency to revamp this defense, and then take those just these first two picks. So, take the first two picks of this draft. Newsom and JOK with everything that he brought in in free agency. I started, I mean, I started just thinking about it, mapping it out. There's going to be th- only three returning starters on this defense. And that's going to be good. Miles My- Garrett, Denzel Ward, and Ronnie Harrison. That's it. That good. is it. I mean, that, them is, all. <laughs> that is, that is absolutely mind boggling. How he's just completely Andrew Barry and company have, transform this defense it's the same thing they did with the offensive line last offseason and i just it's unbelievable the brilliance of the way they've drafted and we can talk about at the end but the brilliance of what i've seen so far is andrew barry last year he knew he had to get an o-line yeah he knew he had to rebuild that so what he do 
He rebuilt the O-line. He got weapons where he needed to get them. And he targeted specific positions in mind. And he didn't waver from it. And then it's almost like he knew in a year exactly what he had to target again. And he is planning out with every pick. Okay, so this is what I filled in the draft this year. This is already what I'm going to be filling in next year. He already knows his plan for next year and the year after that to keep Mm -hmm. everybody on rookie contracts that he can afford. Right. He's already 10 steps ahead of everyone. And for JOK, the pick here, it's like he's a safety linebacker. Yeah, Ronnie Harrison's in the last year of his contract. I may not need him in a year. Yeah. So guess what? JOK, you're going to play both. And Ronnie Harrison, we love you, but like, if you're not going to come up with a deal and Drew Rosenhaus is going to be Drew Rosenhaus, uh, we'll just get a comp pick for you. Absolutely. Bye now. Okay. Really relive. Cause here's the thing, Kay and Alex, you were there actually before I go to K real quick, Alex or wait, no, Alex, never mind. You were with me on day two. Never mind. We all were together. We all were together. I'm losing my mind. It's been a long weekend. All right. I'm on my, I'm on day two of after getting my second dose. I feel a lot better. Uh, my second dose of my vaccine. I feel a lot better today. I, I was worried about you Friday. Oh, I was tired. No, I was just tired. I mean, I had, I luckily, and I feel bad because a lot of people have gotten some really, really bad side effects. Oh yeah. I, I know uh, really you. bad and I feel bad. So, and you know, I, I feel grateful that I, all I felt was just extreme tiredness and fatigue, but I'm fine now. I feel great. Okay. Let's relive that JOK moment, man. When Andrew Barry and the Browns moved up to 52, it was fucking bonkers. It was the the, the crowd erupted. The the roar. The roar. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think I pointed it out on the live stream. I was just like, did you guys hear that roar from the crowd? Like, <laughs> I mean, we got Northeast, a linebacker. North, no, but Northeast Ohio loves their Notre Dame, man. They love they Notre Dame. They, they love do. Ohio they State. Um, it's funny. I'm looking back uh, at one of my notes from my podcast, and I had it in the middle of uh, middle of March. And I said, I thought there were seven players who were locks to return. And two of those guys aren't even on the, the team anymore in Sheldon Richardson and Adrian Claiborne. Um, I, I, I guess you could replace, you know, Jordan Elliott, but it was Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Harrison, Taki Taki, uh, Jacob Phillips, uh, Jordan Elliott, and then Porter Gustin. And I guess, I mean, even Porter Gustin, I mean, you know, as the one of the, you know, ends, but probably since I didn't draft anybody. Um, yeah. But to your point of like how they revamped the entire. Defense. Oh yeah. I for, yeah. I, I definitely forgot. You know what? It, I forgot. I, I forget about the linebackers. Cause they just don't fucking matter. But, but, no, but it's to your point. Damn right. right they don't. There's really, there was <laughs> yeah, you're right. only yeah. seven players I, from last year's defense that yeah. were, that were locks out of what you're going to carry 25. So what's guys on defense? they could trout out a starting defense with all the acquisitions they've made this off season. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because I, I forgot about Jacob Phillips. So it's actually four. I'd say it's gonna. Be, yeah, I would say because isn't see again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Mister Schematics. But in reality, JOK. Some someone here has got to be able to explain it to me. Because <laughs> I'm loving this. I think you know what JOK, it is. I think I what? think the JOK is like if you play Madden yes. and. They, they have like the, the sub linebacker position mm-hmm. and you could put safeties there. Sure. Like that's what JOK is going to do. 
He's yeah. gonna he's technically he's you know they'll probably line him up as linebacker, but he's gonna play as a safety. Yes. I mean that's just I mean that's just how I mean I, that's what he grades out analytically when I look when you look at all of his you know uh draft and stuff and all that stuff. I think Jack uh, I think Jack Duffin put out a, a tweet about it of like his what is it the RAS score? Yeah, and relative, like, relative yes. athletic score. And yeah. it's just like a 9.8 when, when you grade him as a safety. His player comps, I don't know. I, I, I know those are weird, but, I mean, it's it's Jamal Adams. It's Harrison Smith. I mean, those those are safeties. And and that's fine. That's a good thing because when you play teams like, you know, uh, the uh, the Ravens, the, when, when the Ravens played the Chargers, Lamar Jackson's rookie year, it showed how to have success stopping Lamar Jackson yes having fast this is gonna be JOK's job 1000 percent and also <laughs> and also when you go up against the Chiefs who like to go up tempo you don't have to worry about you could just shift JOK from a linebacker he could go cover the slot at times mm-hmm. because I mean the the, the he's comfortable the in the now. slot he exactly. lines up in the slot yes. at Notre Dame exactly. all the time so even though he'll probably do more you know you know I feel like, well, he was he should he would have been worth it at 26. No, you got Greg Newsome, you need in that corner. Yeah, but you need a corner ba- more. That's but more important. value wise. I mean, it's oh. I mean, JOK is the best. Yeah, see, and that's the craziest part because I, I thought the value of Newsom was through the roof where they got him. I mean, they were fortunate to have him just fall in their lap. And it reminded me of all those years of watching the Steelers and the Ravens pick about right where we were. Yes. And it yep. seemed like every damn year, one of these defensive yes. studs would just fall in their lap. And that's kind of how it felt when Greg Newsom did. However, and, and I was like, damn, that's a, that's great value for Greg Newsom. I mean, I, he, I he fell. But the, but the reality is the value you got with JOK at 52 is to me probably even more insane value. I went back and I watched the live stream from the, the OBR and Steven talked about how this, that scenario never happened once. So yeah, No, oh, never, never, never. No oh, one thought this would happen. <laughs> I saw something Jake Trotter treated uh, Jake Trotter of ESPN who covers the Browns uh, put out something from ESPN stats and info that there was less than a 1% chance that JOK would drop to 37 and we got him <laughs> at 52. What? And I guess I get it. Some people, some people might ask, well, why, why did so many teams pass on him? There must be something there. I think it's as simple as this. I think it, he's just a particular player that is a super fit for only specific teams. Now that's, that's, it. that's not to say that he wouldn't be good on just about all 32 teams, it's just the fit he had in Cleveland and probably with maybe a couple other teams, they just went other directions and particular schematics that you run and schemes that you run that it was just, that's what it was. He just, it, and I think, I think people were just kind of, I think some teams too are just afraid of these hybrid guys. They're tweeners. They don't know what to do with them, you know, but <laughs> The Browns were forward the thinking. Yes. I think people saw the issue with the Cardinals when when they drafted Isaiah Simmons last year in the first right. round. Right, and they're like, "Well, what if he's the same type of player?" And I mean, as long as you have a plan for him to specifically do things. Now, I think, I think for his rookie year, I 
I have this feeling where he's gonna line up a, a whole bunch of different places. Yep. But then next year, like Alex said, and which is another major point, Ronnie Harrison is not gonna be back on this team in 2022. No. So it's an obvious, hey, you can you you have a replacement safety for your three safety, uh your your three safety lineups. And yeah. And I mean it, if you think about it. You know, getting a hybrid type player in JOK this year. Last year they got Grant uh, Grant Delpert. So, like, it, it's, they like they love their 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 utility defenders. Absolutely, I mean, he's a, the, the the dude's a Swiss Army knife, man. Yep, he does really. and he does so many things well. And man, this boy can tackle. My goodness, I was, I was, yep. We need that. Unlike other uh, players on this team who are going to be oh, leaving soon. I was, so it doesn't I was, even matter. I even, <laughs> I even watched some tape today on him and I mean some tape tape. And that's the thing that just stuck out to me was with, with that being J O K. It's just what a great tackler. he is. Oh, he is. He's outstanding. Uh, I mean, it, it, and, and he said it in his, uh, when he gre- greeted uh, the media after he got taken and he just said, I love the tackle. I don't know if it's a hard hit, a rolling, rolling rap, uh, uh, you know, any, he's just, I love, I love it. And I, I love that <laughs> Jack, my kind of guy. Yes. Jack, any final thoughts on JOK before we move on or anyone else, man, just, it's, <laughs> it's crazy, dude. I can't believe he was there, man. It's just love nuts. that. He's a complete player. He can tackle, yeah. he can cover, he can blitz yes. like watching. And I think it was Jake Burns that tweeted out the, the video of him covering Devonte Smith in the playoff semifinal on the one play yeah. down the middle of the field. It's like, okay, for people that say he's slow, Go watch that because he he yeah. was step by step with the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I mean it's just it's a great pick, <laughs> great value. Like I can't I, wait to see him on the field. Insane value. I mean I don't know how anyone could say with the first two picks in the draft who got more value in this draft than the Browns. I'd sure I'd sure as hell like to know who that would. I be. I mean, seeing our fan base and <laughs> about complete u- unity over pick over those two picks was right? amazing because there's most years are like well i like that never like, happens. i hated this pick it's funny because i feel like the portion of browns fans that really truly knew are just really wanted to fill that need of corner which was you know i think a lot of browns fans know that's the biggest need uh some ignore it some think it's eh, they're fine but man they're, they're not they weren't <laughs> they weren't <laughs> even close and those are the ones that say i want fucking jok bro give me jok well, or, we got them both. Or the I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I'm just going to wear yes. my Notre Dame glasses. Right. You got that as well, too. I mean, but, that's that's okay. But, I mean, it at the end, it, it is what it is. And at the end of the day, I'm glad we got both of these players, man. So, and you jumped Pittsburgh, too. You jumped Pittsburgh. You know, that's more important. Going to, uh, those, take him. You know those bastards were probably going to take him. Well, because we oh, said no, it during the were. live stream, yeah. Fowler yeah. from ESPN was like, oh, Pittsburgh likes JOK, and we're all like, Oh, and like shit. we knew like Pittsburgh had more suppressing needs, but we're like, man, do we and need him going there? Literally Please. minutes later, that's when the Browns traded up. Literally. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and can't believe the dude was there. Can't believe it. Still can't. Shocked. Shocked, guys. Shocked. I am well, Florida, I tell you. Well, we didn't get a wide receiver in the first with in the first two rounds. And I and I I think a lot of us when day two started. We expected a wide receiver to get picked in the second round just based off what was left, you know, uh, at, at that position and how edge had gotten overrun at the end of the first round. And, and, uh, but the Browns, one thing, Alex, what's the one thing the Browns need at the wide receiver position? Are, are you saying you feel the need, the for, need for speed? I am. 
And <laughs> Andrew Barry got himself. I'm just gonna say this guy's fast as fuck. I it's yeah. it's, it's an, what was his 40 time? 4.425. 4.25. I believe it was the highest 40 time in the draft. I believe. Since I believe this John guy, Ross. This guy is a world-class track star. The guy is literally is, I think, his ad on Twitter. I think his Twitter has the real flash. And I don't blame you, bro. You're fast as hell. Um move over flash, Gordon. I know, right? Um <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about wide receiver Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Um, this pick was not a surprise to me um, because of all – while I didn't do a lot of homework on certain positions, wide receiver was a one I did a lot of reading up on before the draft because I knew the Browns were going to take one. With that, with that was – I figured second round or one of their third round picks. And this is the guy that kept coming up. Um, oh, yeah. Shout out to Jeff Lloyd, who was on with me last week. And again, thanks to uh, Stephen Thomas and Jeff Lloyd uh, from Lockdown Browns for joining me for the draft preview last week. Jeff Lloyd had had Anthony Schwartz a long time ago. Um, so he's been on the radar for a long time. And come to find out the Browns after, you know, with the virtual meetings with him in the offseason, um, they really liked him. Uh, the intelligent kid, hard worker. And again, I'm just going to say it fast as fuck. Okay. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, man. <laughs> this dude is fast. They're going to be able to do a lot of things with him. Okay. That's, that's what's exciting because it's not only did this offense need speed at the wide receiver position, particularly, but we need someone who can do these kind of gadget kind of plays a little bit. OBJ can do that, but, you, I want OBJ to be doing more th- other things that are more important than that. If you have someone that can do that out other than OBJ, then that takes the attention away from OBJ and takes the away attention from Jarvis Landry and, and, and Rashard Higgins and everyone else in the offense. So, okay. Yeah. Anthony Schwartz, let's talk about it. Just think about it. Week two, they were giving Jojo Natson double reverses and stuff like that before he got hurt that game. Right. That was before they had, you know, I mean, Richard Higgins was a healthy scratch. DPJ was a, a healthy scratch, obviously being a rookie. Um, but I mean, Schwartz, the biggest issue when Odell went down with his knee injury was what they didn't have somebody to, to stretch the field, to, to give themselves not only a, a deep threat to throw, to throw the ball downfield. Cause I mean, it ended up being what Cadell Hodge was like their main target downfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be for real. He's, yeah. He's a solid I, receiver, but no, he's yeah. not that type of player. No, but it also made teams stack the box against Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. Now, which with, with Schwartz, you don't have to rely on Odell. I mean, I think somebody compared him to, to Travis Benjamin, and I mean, that's just a perfect fit I, for this team. Well, I think it was Jared Mueller from the OBR. I think I saw that tweet. I think it was Jared. Yes. Mueller. Yeah. I think it was Jared Mueller. And he said, think just a bigger, stronger, yeah. bigger, stronger. He's going to return for you. He's yep. I mean, Kevin Stefanski loves his trickery. And yes, he's that guy who's going to. Yeah, he's he's going to be kind of gimmicky his first couple of years once he yes. develops into his body. I mean, because what he's like 20 years old, 20, he, he'll be 21. And, yep. and let's one. He's still learning to play oh, 1, the, the wide receiver position. He does not have the greatest hands in the world. 
Um, hopefully he can get better with that, but that's not necessarily what he's there for. <laughs> he's there to, to run some short under underneath routes that he could take to the house, reverses, pitches, all types of stuff. I mean, the guy just had- run straight. And if you're open, if you have one-on-one, We'll throw you the ball and see what happens. Here's your, but if here not, we, it opens up everybody else. Right. And here were his stats at Auburn. 117 catches for 1,433 yards and six touchdowns. Now here, listen to this. 42 rushes, 323 yards and seven touchdowns. He had more rushing touchdowns than <laughs> receiving touchdowns. I mean, this guy can do it all. Like, this is the perfect. If you're at, if you're looking for a guy who fits everything the Browns needed, now granted, I think if Nico Collins had been there and the Texans hadn't completely overpaid, which according to a trade chart, they paid double the value of the pick yeah. just to get Nico Collins. I think we were going fine. Nico so be, Collins there too, by the way. Oh, I, they were going Nico Collins. I think um, so too. But it works out better for the Browns because as much as I think Nico Collins can play at the next level one, I think he's going to fail in Houston. He'll turn out to be a bust because it's freaking Houston. Yeah. And I feel bad for the guy, but Schwartz is going to develop. It's going to take time. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in punt return roles. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like lined up next to Baker at times or in any type of gadget plays just to get him acclimated to the position as sure. they teach him to be a better route runner. That's where he's weak at. He's not a great route runner. He needs to get better at it. Yeah. You've got you've got two outstanding route runners in the building right now. You do. In Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Yeah, and Rashard great, Higgins is, is a pretty damn good route runner in his own right. He is. He is. And you have Chad O'Shea, who's a great coach as well. So he's in a perfect situation to develop. So I couldn't be more excited about the pick. I know a lot of people say they reached. I don't care if that's a reach. No. That's a per- it's all about fitting from the third point on. I don't, from the I don't third think point it's on a, get fits. I don't think it's a reach to I mean, most experts had a third, fourth round grade on them. They took him at the end of the third round, and he's the fastest player in the draft. And he fits a need uh, schematically that, that the Browns didn't really have. They didn't have that kind of player. I mean, like I said, you can nope. use Landry and in, in OBJ in those plays, and, and they still will, I'm sure. I'm sure Landry will have a couple of those reverse pass plays and same thing with OBJ. But the, essentially, this, and this, this pick is also – this is the league evolving. That's what this is. I mean, th- th- he – Anthony Schwartz should be on his knees thanking God that Tyree Kill exists. I mean, that's that's <laughs> it, 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 and that's nothing against Anthony Schwartz, but it, it just shows you the uh involvement of 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 the sport because that's that's what they're going for here. Now, obviously, it's apples and oranges of a uh, development of wide receivers of Anthony Schwartz and Tyree Kill. I mean, Tyree Kill is Great, pretty, pretty damn good route runner. And he, well, the thing I love about Tyree Kill is he can go up. The guy's not that tall, and he just goes up and gets balls. It's crazy to me. So if you can get get half of what Tyree Kill is out of him someday, I mean, yeah, this is a great pick. And even if it's not, because I like what you said, Alex. He's it, he's gonna take time to develop. He's raw as can be, route running, hands, everything. But at the same time, while he's 
developing, he's going to be able to also contribute because of his special skill set. Jack, Anthony Schwartz, dude. Oh, I mean, back, I would, to you. back in January, I think it might have been during the, uh, the Chiefs-Browns game, I messaged Stephen Thomas. I was like, is there anybody in this draft that's like Tyreek Hill? And Stephen goes, watch Anthony Schwartz. And he goes, this is a guy I've been watching. He's perfect. A year ago at this time, Anthony Schwartz was training for the Olympics. Yeah. The pandemic happened. The Olympics got canceled. Boom. He's back playing football now. And he, he is fast. He set records in high school for his speed. I think he ran a 10.100 meter dash, which is oh crazy God. to think about. Um, yeah. But I mean, watching his tape, you're what, like Alex said, they're going to use them jet sweeps, maybe yes. line them up against Baker or next to Baker, find ways to get him the ball and exactly. let him use that speed. And then, like he said, he needs to work on his route running. Great wide receiver coach. Great wide receivers who are route runners in the room. This is a perfect fit for Anthony Schwartz. It truly ease is. ease him along as it a really receiver is. in this league. And then you hope in a couple years, him, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you would assume Rashard Higgins is going to be here. And then hopefully OBJ is still here. The wide receiver room is looking pretty good for the next two, three, four years down the line for the Browns. It's exciting. Oh, and by the way, that that uh, rushing uh, rush rushing yards per attempt, forty two times for three hundred and twenty three yards. That is 7. a 7. that is a uh, yeah that is a seven point seven uh, yards per carry average. Wow. So let's hope this is our modern wow. day Eric Metcalf. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because Eric Metcalf, what a great player he was. He was one of my favorite players of of my childhood. He'd be an even better player today. Oh, he would be amazing. He'd be amazing. He really he would, would get more respect. Absolutely. In NFL oh, than he would. I, I mean, mean, he doesn't get enough respect for what he did. No, pretty much at the time he was known as a home run hitter, burner freak like that. But he was more even known that he was just this great punt and kick returner, which he was. He's one of the greatest return men of all time. He truly is. But yeah, I'd love to see Eric Metcalf today. And you're right. This is, they're similar players. I mean, that's, 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 this is, I like this pick because I, I just love how fast this dude is. And, I, oh, yeah. and if you get that kind of ability and that kind of, those kind of gifts to Kevin Stefanski, I know I've only got one year of body of work with Kevin, but I trust this dude. I know this dude's smart. I know this dude's creative, man. And that's what's got me excited because Kevin is Stefanski is going to draw some really cool stuff with this guy. I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this dude for the first time, have the ball in the open field and just fucking go, just go, hey, can, man. Can we do the jet sweep pass with Jarvis to throw it all the way down to Schwartz, please? If they I can need that. If they can utilize him the way we utilize Brashard Perriman, the second half of 2018, that would be a good start. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. Game because, over. And when you said the jet sweep pass, I think, I think it was against Cincinnati, Alex. Yeah. They went from Baker to Landry and then he threw like a 60 yard bomb to Perriman. And I was like, okay, this could be what Anthony Schwartz could be in this offense. That's exactly what he can be this year, at least. Okay. Well, I'm excited. These first three picks, man. I mean, they're great. Now we're getting into the territory. Do you guys have anything else on Anthony Schwartz before we move on? Nope. Okay, cool. I'm just, yeah. I'm go ahead. Glad- I'm just glad like there's no pressure on him to yeah. play right away. Exactly. Yeah. He's uh, wide receiver target. five yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> if that absolutely. Really. It, it, and I'm telling you, that's why it's perfect. Cause he's going to have time to develop 
he's going to be able to develop because they're not going to ask him to contribute much. But what they do ask him to contribute is going to be some fun, cool shit. <laughs> That's why I'm excited, because I think he's going to be able to actually contribute just in small doses here and there. So I, even I'm, as a decoy. Exactly. No, I'm, you guys know it. I know it. He's going to he's going to use this kid. Oh, they're going to use him. Absolutely. Him out there, he's going to be a him, weapon. You think about it real quick. Like you have Beckham and Landry out there or Beckham and Higgins or Higgins and Landry. Then all of a sudden you put out number 10 because that's his number. Absolutely. Um, and all the defense, the defensive coordinators are going to be like, oh, shit, we need to do something to get this guy to stop this guy. And it might not be able to this because he'll fly past you safeties. I can't wait to see this kid make his first kind of big play because it's going to be f- because, man, you're going to be holding your breath every time this dude has the ball in the open field. It's happening week one. You know he's going <laughs> to dial up someone, something. Week one. You have to. You have to. Well, let's move on to uh, day three. So usually the first uh, two days of a draft, day one and day two, there's there's usually not a lot of surprises, maybe sometimes. But for the most part, it kind of plays out so, so, so if, if you read up on the draft of your team and you really look at what's available and what they need and who they might like, and you're kind of in tune that way, you know, the first two days, that's whatever scenario plays out is probably a possible scenario. Once you get the day three, that's when you start to see surprises because it's kind of more of a, the floodgates are kind of open to who they actually do like in, in, in these rounds. So they went into the fourth round. This was the first pick, I think, because I was even watching the OBR stream uh, with Jake Burns. Same. <laughs> with yeah, Jake, I was too. <laughs> yeah, with Jake Burns and Stephen Thomas. And shout out to all those guys at the OBR. They A lot of them have been nice enough to come on the show with me. And y'all fucking kicked ass with your live streams on YouTube for the draft coverage. It was great. Good job, guys. Um, but they, they were surprised uh, because, one, they just didn't know much about this guy. Even, even Stephen Thomas, he's just – you know, I can't read up on seven, all 700 prospects. And it was just one that just fell through the cracks a little bit. And that's tackle James Hudson out of Cincinnati. Uh, originally, he should have called me. Yeah, I know, I know right? a little bit about the guy. <laughs> I know a little bit about him. You do because he was originally at Michigan and yes, he, red he, was. Shirt, he redshirted at Michigan. And he was a he was converting from a defensive lineman to an offensive lineman. And then he Harbaugh tra- liked him a lot. I bet Harbaugh, you know, that's your boy. So you should. No, he's not. I'm, I'm just kidding. saying. I know. He, like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I hate uh, that guy. No, it's a strong word now. Um, oh, no. It, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Worst coach ever. <laughs> it was good in the pros. But anyway, he transferred. He transferred to University of Cincinnati um, where he, after doing a lot of reading up on him, played pretty freaking well. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I read that he didn't allow a sack his entire career. What? Yep. How is Two that seasons, no sacks. Two seasons, no sacks. Now, it sounds like he's that we're going to develop him into a guard. That's what it seems like. I, that's what, not that's not a problem by me. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've gauged from what I've read. Um seems like a lot of people doesn't doesn't think he has the length to play tackle um which is fine uh because we've got one of the best <laughs> offensive line coaches in the history of the fucking sport um so alex this is a former michigan boy yeah. um 
and you seem to know a little bit about him. So let's. Yeah, I love this pick. Simply educate because I know there was. I did see like. <laughs> Didn't Matt Miller say that he was 55th on his big board? Yep. Now it is a Matt, violent blocker. He is a violent I mean. blocker. Uh he he brought that defensive line mentality to the O-line. Sure. Like watch some of the tape. He is nasty I on did. the line. He looked mean violent and hands. Violent, and I yeah. love that about him. Yeah. Uh it, now he it, he's still learning, so he does get some penalties what i like what the browns are doing here is again you know how i said uh they're thinking five steps ahead yeah this is chris hubbard's replacement this yeah. is exactly what they're doing because he's a swing liner he's a swing line exactly yeah. and he could be wyatt teller's replacement correct but Worst case scenario you have your swing lineman yep and chris hubbard yep. that you're replacing yeah so now you have this very high upside because again, he's only been doing this a couple years, right? He, he was a defensive lineman converted to the O-line. Crazy to give up a sack. That's just crazy to me. Not a single sack. He really was solid when he played at Michigan, but I guarantee you it was a hardball thing. They went to Cincinnati and good for him to at least, do what was right for him. And he played outstanding at Cincinnati. He was a huge part of a team that was on the cusp. Dare I save the college football playoff? Yes. He was a major contributor in a winner. So I like that. He has, you know, this violent mentality as a blocker. And if you're going to be in the interior, you need that. And I think that's where the Browns are going to build that. They're going to say, look, your best on the interior. We're going to, when you're up against these nasty defensive tackles, that's where we're going to put you most likely. Although we're going to be fine. If like, let's say, God forbid, there's an injury, knock on wood. I'm going to knock on wood on the yeah. side here. I don't care, but I'm just saying it, it, you have to have a guy here that, can fill in where needed this year. Absolutely. Because we saw last year after the Hubbard injury, how exposed Ugh. we were. Absolutely. And Death. I love yeah. this pick. He was a third round pick in my book. You get him in the fourth round. I wasn't complaining about it at all. I was like, you have another pick that you can get a defensive tackle with. I was hoping to get a defensive tackle. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I love what they did here. Jack. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it. I think Friday night interior offensive line was in play. Yeah. Ben Myers, Quinn Myers, Ben Cleveland, both got drafted in the third round. So yep. this pick was a surprise. It's because I don't, I didn't know anything about Hudson. Sure. Um, watching the tape looks good on film. Obviously didn't allow it sack at Cincinnati. That's very impressive for a guy that just had just switched over to offensive line. Um, they said they're gonna. He's gonna be starting out at tackle, but they're also gonna cross train him at guard. I trust Bill Callahan and what he likes, obviously, an offensive line. So I'm sure he had a say in this pick as well. So uh, in the fourth round, it's not bad. Obviously, at this point, you're starting to look towards the future too. Chris Hubbard's on the final year of his deal if he makes it through camp, but this looks ultimately to be the replacement for Chris Hubbard. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So I think with this pick and 
Hudson in particular, I think he would have been taken higher if he didn't get tossed from the Chick-fil-A bowl game uh, against Georgia. Um, if you remember that game, yep. he, there was this weird pet, like they said he threw a punch. I believe it was something like that. He gets kicked out. And I mean, Cincinnati's up big before that. Uh, the defensive end for Georgia. Uh, yeah. With uh, Ojolari, right? Yeah. Oh, Ojolari. Yeah. He had three sacks after he was kicked, or Hudson after. was kicked out of the game. Wow. If Hudson, if Hudson is in that game, Cincinnati wins. I would say there's a very decent good, chance. Good. He's a second round pick. Game. And yeah. just from that game alone, because you're going up against a, a guy who has first round talent in Ojolari. I mean, because I was watching that game, there, Cincinnati's offense just completely. I mean, it, it died when when because they just couldn't they could not protect their quarterback. And yep. getting him in the fourth round, because I, I think if he plays that full game and there's tape, a full game of him locking down a first round pick or, you know, first round talent, it, I think he goes way higher. And to get him in the fourth round, yeah. however you develop him, if he's Chris Hubbard's replacement, cool. That's awesome. If he's your right guard, cool. Awesome. It, it doesn't really matter. You know, no. you have the best offensive line coach in the league. Yeah probably almost ever in league history it's it really does seem like that i so i'm all for it i, I didn't notice I just think i think he would have been taken way longer if he didn't get thrown out of that game yeah you probably you probably have a big I didn't, I didn't even know about that story that's wild i i, I slept on so much college football last year because it was such a farce i didn't even care um th- that'll change this year i will get back into college football um i it seemed that a lot of the that there were people coming out, analysts, some analytical guys were coming out of the woodworks, really liking this guy. Um, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, it's I good. Mean, I, there's not there's not much more I can say about him except that he's all upside, but the tape shows the upside is just more fine tuning him. Yeah, it's absolutely. not even he's a fact of if he up. can do it or not. It's just more mm-hmm. fine tuning the the discipline absolutely that in that's the simplest thing well especially for a bill callahan it seems everything that i've gauged um this seems to be another pretty good valued pick uh it is that's a trend with with andrew berry very uh, much in two drafts a lot of value lots of value so that was pick 110 the fourth round we're going to keep rolling through these We'll, we'll get a little quicker through these as we're getting hidden through time here but uh fourth round at pick 132 now this even though i was just gave that spiel about day three and you get a lot of surprises this was not a surprise and i think you all you guys know i've been i'm saying get me a gosh darn defensive tackle in, in interior defensive lineman and they got a good one and one that uh i i think we all knew were would be on the Browns radar at some point in the draft, if it just worked out that way in many scenarios. And that's uh defensive tackle, Tommy Togiai. Is that how you pronounce it? Togiai. Togiai. Togiai uh, from the Ohio state university. So I'm familiar with him. Uh, Kay, we'll start with you. Uh, we, we get some interior defensive line help uh, lots. I mean, our pretty much our entire defensive line interior wise is coming off the books in 2022. Yeah. So this was, uh, I think, this was one position I was 
you could book it, they were going to draft. Yeah, and you called it last year with the uh, Jordan Elliott uh, drafting yeah. too. I remember yeah. you were all in on, on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it probably closes the door on Sheldon Richardson coming back, but you're probably not going to pay top dollar for a defensive tackle anyway. Um, everything that I've read, and obviously being a Buckeye fan, you know, you watch him. He he's he's a run stopper. And yeah. I mean that he's athletic too. Yeah. And he's athletic, very I mean, athletic, which I like from interior defensive linemen. It, it sucks that, and it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference um, that he didn't play in the national championship game, obviously, because yeah. I mean, Alabama and, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy winner just went off on tough. Yeah, and, nothing you but can do. It just, but I mean, he was, he was such an impactful player in that Clemson game. Um, it's just an obvious fit. But I, I think uh, to kind of circle back, um, you also talked uh, talked about the Browns trading uh, a day three pick for picks next year, and yes. we didn't talk about one thirteen when yeah. they traded back or they when fl- they flopped pick. They, they flipped got it a yeah. fifth round pick, and then they got uh, a fourth round pick for next year. Um, yes. obviously we'll talk about that pick. Yeah, yeah, but I'm all for it. I mean, defensive yeah, tackle. I'm, yeah, you can never have too much defensive tackle depth. And. Um, you, you you cannot, especially with, what, what, you know, if, if you're looking in ahead in 2022, Andrew Billings comes off the books. Uh, Malik Jackson comes off the books. Uh, am I forgetting? Is, am I forgetting someone? Or is that it? Is this those two, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause him and, and Jordan Elliott. Yeah. Jordan Elliott. That's really the only defensive tackles we have. So I know. Cause once you had Sheldon, Rid- you know, or, you know, uh, I still don't know if Sheldon comes back. I don't know. I, Probably not because I just don't see these many DTs making the final roster. So I'm going to agree with UK. I don't think so. Uh, Jack, we'll kick it over to you, man. With the 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 Buckeye honks got their wish, man. They got a Buckeye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, solid pick here. Uh, good value. Um, yeah, good Kobe value. Isaac. You don't say an Andrew Berry draft pick. Exactly. Shocker. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Great athlete. Um, workout warrior i mean i think it was 40 reps on the bench press Ooh. at the ohio state's pro day my penis uh, great moved when stopper. you said that it did a yeah. little bit i mean it, it's a little it's bit cr- <laughs> yeah i mean great pick here obviously we were all saying like we needed another d tackle um i do think it rules out richardson coming back especially with another guy that we'll talk about later it's a numbers but, um, game yeah. yeah it's just a numbers game they're not gonna carry six d tackles on the roster no. i just don't see it no. especially when you have Clowney and Garrett who can kick inside and I yeah. expect to kick inside. It, yeah. It's just a numbers game at this point, but absolutely at this pick great value. I mean, I have no complaints uh, yeah. and we got a Buckeye. Yeah. The man. honks uh, had their moment in the sun. Absolutely. Alex, dude. Uh, did you get, did you get to watch, uh, did you get to study this dude? I, I'm assuming you probably yeah. did. I assume, I was, yeah. assuming, I was assuming you did because I mean, this, yeah. was, a, this was a position because I was studying. I was studying Justin Fields while I was yeah. watching him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would watch Ohio. I do watch Ohio State yeah. games. Jeez. Yeah. Well, what course. do you think I am? Just well, this I hater? Don't know. Come and, on. I thought maybe you would have, you know. He has to watch good Big Ten football, not mediocre. Yeah. Exactly. I got to get right. a taste of both, you That's know. Right. Michigan State is, they'll get back, but, you know, it's going to take a little bit. But anyways, uh, I'd like Toji. I, I think this guy is one of the better run defenders in the draft. Uh, it, 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 I, one word is when I think of him, bully, bully, 
This guy is a bully in the trenches. Powerful. 40 bench reps. Yep. 40. He's this strong and athletic. Strong man. AF. Yeah. And he can move. Yeah. This guy is yeah. going to be in this program with our team. And you work with Malik Jackson, all these others. It's like, again, you're getting high value and a late fourth round pick. I at least had a late three, early four on him. Yeah. And you get I, him in the late four. I and saw, I'm sitting there like, what's happening? See, th- that's that, a trend. I We keep saying great value, but it's true. And you're right, Alex. Most... Most most projections I saw on him were third round grades. Most mm-hmm. um, there were some that were third, fourth, because uh, you can just have the single round or like high, you know, high, yeah, low, you know, high third or low third, uh, high. Fourth. Most were third round grades, and you yeah, get him most. near the fifth round. And yeah. defensive tackles were all slipping. Yep. In this draft, so yeah, no, oh, got a fucking look. Got I think you look. I think you look at the game against the Raiders last year where they just ran right up the middle every single time. And I think that entire front office and coaching staff has PTSD from that. (laughs) Absolutely. And that this pick just makes sure that like, this is not going to happen again on our watch. We're not going to lose a game by somebody else playing the brand of football that we play. Yeah. Basically F you and AFC North type football in the weather all that fun stuff yeah i I was elated to get him because one i didn't think he would be here at 132 okay and i was if you guys remember when we we all hung out on day two you know i was kind of targeting wide receivers and milton williams another defensive tackle and uh alim mcneil and both of those guys went day two and i love both of those players but the fact that toji was there at this point in the draft was you know, I mean, I, there was a chance. It's not like it was a total shocker, but again, trend of this draft and a trend of both of Andrew Barry's drafts, value, value, value. To me, this was a really good value pick. Um, any, any, any final thoughts on Tommy Togier at Ohio state? All right. No. Let's move on. Um, now this fifth round pick at one fifty three. This was one they acquired in that trade, right? I believe it's this one, yes. Yes, uh, because 169 was their original fifth-round pick. Yes. Uh, So 153, this one was a shocker to me a little bit Um, because we were talking about how linebackers don't matter, and they drafted a half a linebacker already in this draft. (laughs) It's the fifth round. This is is 51's replacement. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he line- can get the fuck out now. Thank well, you. Linebacker Tony Fields the second out of West Virginia. Uh, let me read this little thing uh, on, on clevelandbrowns.com. Fields spent his first three seasons at Arizona before transferring to West Virginia. He emerged as an immediate starter with the Mountaineers and won big new defensive newcomer of the year after leading the big 12 and tackles per game with a 9.8 average. He finished the season with 88 tackles and led the Mountaineers and added an interception to his repertoire. Yes. Um, what's one common thing with this draft? I would say speed. Uh, this guy is that uh, everything. Yeah. I ran. It seems that while we say the, it's not that we don't think the Browns don't value linebacker. It's just, they just don't value it as much as other positions. That's all corner safety. 
uh, Edge, obviously, they're, they're just more important. <laughs> they're just more, more important, especially in this defense. But the linebackers that they do like, two things that I have noticed. There's two. Range and speed. Those are two things that, that they need out of their linebackers. And obviously, got to be able to fucking tackle, obviously. Um, but it's speed and range. And this is one of those guys. Uh, uh, Alex, I'll... Uh, did, you know, I, I'll, I'm not going to lie, guys. Never even this guy in the last three months of me reading up on this draft. And again, I wasn't focusing much on linebacker. I wasn't. Um, didn't cross my radar a single time. <laughs> this was a guy in mock drafts I kept coming back to as a guy I would draft in later rounds. He ran better than Zayvon Collins, if that helps. Wow. You know, he he has a better 40 uh, and 10-yard time than him. Obviously, there were a lot of guys uh, as well, but his uh, 10-yard time is, it looks like, just from Dane Brugler's second fastest, only to Jameen Davis. Yeah, wow. So that yeah. second fastest, he's faster than everyone else. Michael Parsons, Zayvon Collins, yeah. Nick Bolton, Baron Browning, all these guys. And he runs a very good 40 time. He ran a, what was a four, six, three. Yeah. So you're getting, a, a you're getting a speedy, you're getting a speedy linebacker that knows how to hit that can do some coverage stuff. Probably not the best, but more importantly, this is why it's an A plus pick. You can get rid of Mac Wilson now. Well, you don't have to go well, ahead with this anymore. Let's give Mac one Stop more Stop defending him, Andy. I'm he not sucks. De- I'm not <laughs> defending him. I'm just We're saying. We're fine with Jacob Phillips and Tony Fields and JOK. We are fine with this. I don't Get know. 51 I, out of here. I, you want to, I, I just want to say one thing to Mac Wilson. <laughs> Mac Wilson, nice guy. You're going to be a great social media great manager. Yeah. But you want to, it's time for you to get some extra time to work on your Photoshop skills because Wait, clearly. Look, man. <laughs> Look, man, I've been following Mac Wilson on Twitter for a while, and he does tweet a lot. Little I too- wish I could say the same. He blocked. I can't believe I'm saying this. Me, <laughs> I can't who, believe I'm not blocked. Who's tweeted 130,000 <laughs> times. Me, who's tweeted 130,000 times in his life, is saying that Mac Wilson maybe tweets a little too much. But I will say I saw some pics of him in the gym, man, looking jacked. He photoshopped him. His vertical jump's a fraud, too. Yes, exactly. All right. I don't want to get too far off track. Who the fuck are his uh, reps that are allowing? I think think the issue is he runs his own social media. Exactly. No, he does. He was those that don't know. He was out here posting highlights in like 480p. (laughs) Like it was not good. We saw it last year. We saw him hyping up that one hit against the Eagles. Exactly. <laughs> it was Look, his only highlight. I, here's the thing why I don't hate on Mac Wilson. Because, one, he seems like a really good kid. He does. Um, he does. It, 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 he is a good kid. And, two, he busts his ass whether he's Photoshopping his biceps or not. I would consider that dedication, to be quite honest. If you want, but it doesn't real- help that he sucks. But for those that don't know, allegedly, and it's not allegedly. I know Photoshop. I mean, I use Photoshop every day of my fucking life. Um, it looked like there was some things altered in the picture, based off other things in the photo that were. I mean, the, the entire back wall was warped. Eh, poor bastard. But 
Anyway, back to Tony Fields. Yes, back to to (laughs) linebacker Tony Fields at pick 153 in the fifth round. Uh, Jack, it sounds like to me, well, this guy's not going to – I mean, we're in the fifth round, guys. This is not where you're you're cherry-picking starters here. (laughs) I mean, that's not where we're at. Yeah, this isn't the same old Browns. No, this is not exactly. (laughs) But it does seem to me that this is someone that could contribute on special teams right away. Yes, I would expect him to contribute immediately on special teams. He does Especially with that um, speed, man. Yes. And the thing is, McShay compared him immediately to JOK. And then the Browns National Scout, like said, we like the speed. We like the range. Yep. He said, uh, we want guys who can cover the field and take the stress off the defensive front and the secondary. And both of those guys can do that. But yeah, I mean, you look at year one, I would expect him to be a special teams guy. And then maybe year two or year three, he replaces Taki Taki or Malcolm Smith or both. And then you run, you have JOK, Fields, Phillips, and who, um, I'm trying to think, there's another guy. Malcolm Smith? Well, no, Malcolm Smith. Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker, sorry. Anthony Walker, sorry. Replacing him too. So theoretically in years two and three, our three main linebackers are going to be JOK, Fields, and Jacob Phillips. And hypothetical best case scenario. I'll tell you. And it, it, if if things go well, that could end up being a pretty good core. Absolutely. Because be, I'll tell you, I, I I I'm a fan of Jacob Phillips. I yeah. am. I really, really. I was a fan of him of last uh, before last year's draft. I mean, he had a tough rookie year because of he, the injuries, but there's a did. lot to like in his game. No, yeah, I, I love the range and his instincts and all that. And apparently, that's Fields is kind of cut from that same. You know, it, these linebackers all have similar traits, man. Good instincts, good range, good speed. Um, well, Mac Wilson, you know, it's, it's, it's what it, but <laughs> Max, Mac, I hope Mac plays well this year. I, I like to see dude get another contract in the league. It'll man. be for another team. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I wish the dude yeah. the best. So he's dedicated. Maybe he needs, he might need a fresh start. Dude, if you're photoshopping your goddamn vice biceps on Twitter, you are dedicated. You want it <laughs> that bad that you want to photos. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> th- th- this is, um, yeah, this is, like I said, I think this is a pick that might be able to contribute or uh, maybe a future, maybe a future starter if you can develop them. But at the very least, you got someone that uh, can give you linebacker depth and help you on special teams, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really know much about him. Yeah. Um, I didn't either. D- don't worry. But, but I think, you know, I think I'd like to explain the meme of like Andrew Berry doesn't, value linebackers because the, the people who don't understand this I see it as the one year he wasn't in Cleveland he was with the Eagles yeah and the how the Eagles built their team how they beat though they built their Super Bowl team defend a whole bunch of defensive linemen and secondary play and yep. just getting solid play from your linebackers yes just make sure they're they're they play well enough where they're sure tacklers and you don't have to worry about that and they play just average and uh, average in coverage Absolutely. i mean nobody thinks that that jordan hicks and uh uh, uh nigel um Brad- Bradham? yeah yeah bradham uh, or whatever yeah, yeah. Bradham, I mean, yeah. nobody nobody thinks those guys are like elite elite linebackers sure they, they're just solid nfl players and if that's what jacob phillips is is that if that's what fields can turn into or whoever they have at linebacker Taki Taki, which I think, you know, going into year three with, with Taki Taki, I think the sky's the limit for him. Cause I think we saw a lot of potential before he got COVID. Um, 
it's just value wise that's like where the meme of Andrew Berry doesn't value linebackers and I think not many people explain it and explain like the no. back history to it because I think it's it's important to understand that going forward when you're building your team especially you know late day day two early day three that this is where the the you know, the, the meat and potatoes of, of your roster is going to be built if you expect to have a lot of success when you have to start paying guys. Absolutely. So. No, I, I, I'm, that's, I am right there with you. You, I think you nailed that with the Philly comparison. That's, 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 that's it. You, you don't, it's not that they want, when, when, when we say on Twitter that they, or anyone says on Twitter, they don't value the linebacker position as much as other positions. That doesn't trans people read that and go, what you want? Just a bunch of shitty linebackers. That's not what that means. Yeah. Nobody's going to say the linebackers, it. like the, the linebacker position itself isn't valuable because they're, they're going to end not. up being, you know, your, your top tacklers regardless, yeah. but it's just, you look at the history. They didn't resign Joe Schobert. They only brought in Malcolm Smith when 51 got hurt in training camp who Malcolm Smith ended up being your second leading tackler on your yeah. team last year mm-hmm. uh BJ Goodson they only had him for one year yeah I mean if, if you could just have those same type of guys that's you know, it you come think... in for one or two years like yep. that's all you need and then you you draft for replacements eventually if you think Jacob Phillip is going to be good he's going to get paid somewhere else you're yep. going to get a, a, a another one a comp, it, it's you're going to be... get a comp pick for him and you take that pick and you yep. draft his another linebacker exactly it's, it's just, that's that's what we mean by it doesn't there's no true value in linebacker especially right. at 26 and at, at 52 with JOK I mean he's just so talented where you'd be stupid not to go up and get him Right. And I, 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 I will say, though, I, we, I, we kind of skipped over this on the JOK talk. I do think it is kind of funny how everybody I, I brought it up earlier, how everybody on Twitter is arguing if he's a linebacker or or a safety, because on one hand, you got the people who've been screaming for a linebacker. See, I told you we got a linebacker. And then you got the people, <laughs> Andrew Perry. Man, I tell you, I thought I love our general. I couldn't. I didn't think I could love our general manager anymore, and that being Andrew Perry. But when he opened up that press conference after they drafted JOK, man, he was trolling a little bit, and it was fucking hilarious when he said, "Must be a fever dream." The Browns traded up for a linebacker. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, it's us. And then you got the other. I think you got the other people that have been clamoring home, kind of like us that, you know, they don't value linebackers, that they're like, gosh, damn it, Andrew, why'd you call him a linebacker? No, I got to fucking fight all these fuckers on Twitter. But, but, but what really matters is <laughs> when in, in week five, where they line him up. And that's where it's yeah. going to, that's, that's where we're going to see, yeah. you know, absolutely. I mean, it's just that simple. Absolutely. absolutely. Let's move on to uh, the fifth, fifth round pick, pick 169 in the fifth round. Um, this one was a little, this was another one. I know, uh, again, I was watching the OBR stream and, and Steven and Jake, uh, Steven Thomas and Jake Burns, who've both been on this show. They were, um, they were a little surprised by this pick. Um, that would be safety Richard LeCount, the third. Um, wow. We have Tony Fields, the second Greg Newsom, the second and Richard LeCount, the third. Is it LeCount? Is that, am I pronouncing that? Correctly? Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, he's out of Georgia. Um, everything I hear, a good player, but I guess what happened was, see, what had happened was 
he got in a motorcycle accident or something or dirt bike accident. Something. Yeah, I uh, so his dirt bike was struck by a vehicle. Interesting. And apparently his 40 time was terrible. It was like four, seven. Was it four, seven? It was yeah, really bad. His whole like relative athletic score was like really low. Yeah. And when, and when the pick happened, like I posted it in the group chat and Jack Duffin, I think Jack Duffin, a couple other people were kind of like, whoa, this is, this is off the wall pick. This doesn't, yeah, it didn't, this doesn't match the guardrails and everything. No, that's the thing. This pick didn't Mitch did, didn't Mitch didn't match the analytical guardrails that, that, yes. that we've pretty much drawn out that Andrew Barry has shown us. Um, and it, it's interesting because meanwhile, let's see, Dame Brugler had, Yo boy, eighteen, eighteenth, eighteenth ranked safety. Yes, eighteenth ranked set safety with a six. It, it round sounds grade. like from what I've read up, he, he read that... a four. He ran a four point seven six forty. Yeah, that's not good. But apparently, that dirt bike accident of affected that forty time. He wasn't fully healed. That's what they're saying. Yeah, that's that's why I've gathered is that he's still not fully healed from it that uh, he plays a lot faster. Uh, he tends to be over aggressive because of his athletic ability tends to miss tackles. I know Browns fans don't want to hear that, but again, he has great range. It sounds like uh, so again, that fits the Browns MO. He's more athletic than what his 40 time shows. He's got good game speed from what I've seen of him. So I, I it's a six-round pick. I wouldn't overthink it. If the Browns think that... Oh, it's a fifth-round pick. Fifth-round pick. Oh, fifth-round pick. Late, fifth, late, late fifth-round. Late five, early six. But at that point, you're throwing darts at a wall. Were there other safeties available? Sure, there were. If the Browns think, you know, his 40 time pushed him into this range that if he was healthy, he'd be a third-round pick. And I'm just looking at his stats. Seven, at least seven pass deflections... East each of the last two years, three interceptions last year in six games for yep. the previous year. And he was a team captain and he led the team in tackles in 2018. Wow. What I'm gathering here is, is that he would have been a third round pick had none of this have happened because sure. it looks like by his stats, he was on his way to having a career year and this all happened. So the Browns yeah. are betting this incident is their gain and they're getting a great value pick here and someone that can challenge Sheldrick Redwine, who I think is coming up on a contract year. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, guys, any thoughts? I, this was, I did so much extensive research on, <laughs> on safety and this is just one I missed. I didn't even recognize the name and I thought I had, this tells you, man, that just tells you, man, how much work these people like Dane Brugler and even Stephen Thomas, how much work and even Stephen can't get to them all. You know, yeah. uh, I remembered I remembered reading up on him at the beginning and I just lost track of him. I mean, because yeah. there are so many. I remember his name because when I saw it, I was like, I remember reading up on him and I just focused on every other safety. And then the John Johnson sign happened. I just forgot to. Yeah. So. But yeah. Okay. Jack, any thoughts on Richard LeCount, the third out of Georgia safety? I think, I mean, fifth round pick, 
safety, Sheldrick Rigwin replacement, basically special teams guy. I yeah. mean, what more can you ask for? I and, mean, it, he's a fifth round pick. If he develops cool, if he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing too, guys, these, in, in these rounds, I think pretty much every year, as long as Joe Woods is here and we're running the four, two, five defensive backs, they're going to be taking defensive backs yeah. in this, in these spots. It's just whether that's a corner or a, a slot corner or a safety, a free safety, a, I, you draft for depth, then you draft for uh, yeah. competition in training I've, camp. Personally, I thought they were going to go corner here. There were other count corners on the board that I was actually familiar with. Uh, Trill Williams, for one, who ended up going undrafted. I don't. Stephen Thomas tweeted, did he hijack and kidnap a bus full of nuns <laughs> or what? Uh, Trill Williams is that huge corner out of Syracuse who kind of transitions and translates to a safety. Uh, they're not really sure how he kind of, I think that would, I don't know. I don't know what happened with Trill Williams, but I, everything I read about the dude, I, I love the dude, but anyway, we ended up with Richard the count Jack fire away. I mean, at this point, a lot of these picks are lottery tickets. Daniel Jeremiah yeah. said that Punch numerous it. times yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Um, Scratch him off, baby. This dude was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was in the same secondary as Eric Stokes who was a first round pick Tyson Campbell, who was the first pick first in the round. second round. Yep. I mean, yep. Obviously, a talented secondary down in Georgia. Yeah, He's going to compete with Red Wine for the last safety spot. Yep, Should, could be a special teams contributor, but I mean, we'll see. yeah, we'll there, see how it goes. There's no guarantee that they uh, that that this player even makes this, the the team. There's exactly. No Worst guarantee. case, they put him on the practice squad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we we saw last year injuries in in our secondary. Absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I think hopefully this is a player because reading up on his story, I'm kind of pulling for the kid. Um, so hopefully if he doesn't make the team, which I kind of expect, um, hopefully he can stay on in the practice squad. I hope so. Um, all right. Last one, another guy, again, this is in the sixth. This is the last pick of the draft. The Browns picked eight players. I uh, was in the sixth round pick two eleven. Demetric Felton. Now I've heard of this guy of this player, but I didn't, I really like, I didn't connect him to the Browns at all. I maybe my did any of you guys hear anything of any connection with him to the Browns? Stephen, I didn't Thomas, hear any. Stephen Thomas retweeted it. I think either Sunday morning or Saturday night. The Browns met with him at the Senior Bowl. Okay, that's the only thing ah. that I had ever seen about him. So he he's another. Are, are people going to start arguing about whether he's a running back or a wide <laughs> receiver? Um, it doesn't matter. He's a he's an <laughs> OW offensive weapon. Now is we did we, we compared uh, Schwartz to Metcalf. Is this guy Eric Metcalf? I mean, is similar player. I mean, let me read this real quick because I found this guy fascinating, and I read, I watched some highlights on this dude. Holy shit! Um, this kid's fun to watch. He is. Felden was used as a wide receiver, running back during his four season with the four seasons with the Bruins. This past season, he started five of six games and amassed six hundred and sixty-eight rushing yards and five touchdowns to go along with twenty-two catches for one hundred and fifty-nine yards and three more scores. For his career, Felton rushed for 1,101 yards and seven touchdowns and caught 99 passes for 958 yards and eight touchdowns. He hauled in a career-best 55 patches, fat passes for 594 yards as a junior in 2019. Um, do, do you know what I hear when I see this guy and I hear you describe him? Chris McCaffrey? No, I oh. hear Darren Sproles. Oh, Darren Sproles, even better. Yeah. Darren Sproles. That's, that's a guy a, who can line up at wide out, yeah. running back, return yeah. kicks. 
I mean, he is that do-it-all offensive weapon. And no one ever complained about Sproles being a whatever. Yeah. And Sproles had a very long, successful career. He just reminds me so much of a Darren Sproles, which is a weapon the Browns lack in that running back room, which I could see them flipping him between the two and it really not mattering. And I think sure. most importantly, this finally takes the pressure off of Donovan Peoples-Jones to be the kick returner and allows him to just be a receiver, which Beautiful. is what he should be all along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of it. And sorry to, to, to kind of butt in, but oh, do it. But uh, Alex ahead. just, I mean, hit it out of the park. I mean, looking looking at the running back room, I don't think Dearness Johnson was versatile enough to be that number three running back sure. for that room. Now you have someone like this guy who can you're not activating him on your on your 46 for him to just be a running back he's going to play he could play receiver at times he could play special teams whether it's gunner or kick returner or whatever you're getting again value yes not just at that pick but value when you have to put in your 46 active players every every game day yeah and he if he can do multiple things he's going to be i mean he's he's going to get playing time wherever it where it is who knows but the versatility what whether it's in the slot as a receiver because i mean I, I think did you guys see the uh from the what was it the senior bowl where he completely juked out broke <laughs> Ooh, he dude's broke ankles, ankles. and just like the again the value of doing being able to do that being able to take a few carries here and there in the backfield like I said, return kicks, do everything. Yeah, that that Dearness kind of Johnson a Swiss Army knife do. player. Uh, yeah. Exactly, he he kind of is, and 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 dare I say another, possibly another gadget player. Yeah, one hundred percent. Again, you can never have enough of a Moss. Uh, and again, the the theme of this draft for me was speed, and this is another kid who's got good speed. And one thing that I like, I mean, seven. Let's see, seven. Uh, uh, yes. Seven touchdowns rushing and eight receiving. I mean, the kid gets in the end zone. That's 15 touchdowns in his career at UCLA. I like that. Jack, little, we, we got another toy for uh, Stefanski to maybe play with someday. Speed and versatility. That's yep. the theme of this draft. Um, yep. You think where he comes from, UCLA. Who's the head coach there? Chip Kelly. You think of guys that he's had. Kenyon Barner, DeAnthony Thomas. Yep. Uh, Charles Davis compared him to a Debo Samuel slash Curtis Samuel type. Like, I feel like Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt have something in mind for this kid, and the scouts That's, seem to love him. That's why they took him this late. Yep. Another lottery ticket. He's going to come in, compete with Dearness Johnston as the third running back. Yep. Um, like, I think Caitlin said it. I don't know if it was Caitlin or Alex that just said it. Takes the pressure off of Donovan Peoples-Jones to be the kick returner. Um, but, yeah, a Swiss Army knife that Stefanski has to play with on offense along with Anthony Schwartz. I mean – We'll see how he plays out. Obviously, this late, I mean, he's a lottery ticket, but you like the from what you see on tape, what he could bring to the table. You nailed it too. The theme of this draft is speed and versatility. Yeah, it's, and I think the other theme, uh, another, I don't know if it's necessarily a theme, but one takeaway I have from this draft that I'm not used to as a Browns fan, there's going to be some competition at position oh, yeah. groups, and yeah. this is one of them for that. Th I mean, you know, for that third running back spot, this is it. And I kind of like having that kind of a dynamic player in that spot because he's not just pigeon toed to just be that third running back. You can use him for other things too. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, shameless creative. plug. Say, shameless plug here, real quick. Uh, our colleague at the Dogland, Jack Duffin, released an article Sunday night uh, with his way too early fifty-three man roster. He sure. has thirty-seven guys locked in and sixteen guys up for battle uh, roster spots. That is yep. going to be competition at camp. And we all kind of thought, man, there's no way they take eight or nine picks. They took eight picks. There's going to be some competition at training camp. There definitely so, is. Browns fans need to be ready. Go check out the article. It's it's great stuff. Real quick before we move on to the last question, which is always my favorite of five random ass questions. Um, they did after we completed this draft. You know, you, you, another fun time is the the undrafted free agent signings. And by all accounts, they got a really good one. A, a guy that I, I think had Jesus a, a third round grade. Uh, that being Marvin, he was Wilson. once a first round talent a yes, year ago. That being Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle out of Florida State. Um, so so far, only th- only thing that I've seen, the names that I've seen, is Trey Harbinson, running back out of Charlotte, uh, defensive tackle Marvin Wilson out of Florida State, which I just mentioned. Defensive end or edge rusher Romeo McKnight out of Illinois State. I said earlier that 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 guy should be in a boy band with a name like that. That's beautiful. And then we have defensive back. I believe he's a corner, Manny Rugamba, don't out of Miami of Ohio. Interesting. Um, but uh, a lot of those guys I never heard of. I actually did hear. I see. I read on Marvin Wilson. Um, what happened? Why did he not get drafted? Does anybody know what happened? Um, I know last year he did speak up about uh, Mike Norvell uh, during the Black Lives Matter. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he, was ru- the, he, he ruffled some he feathers. Was, he yeah. ruffled some feathers there. Uh, his production did fall off last year. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't shock me that I, I hate to say it's almost like a Colin Kaepernick-like treatment on top of you didn't perform sure, sure. that he just fell down boards, but the guy is explosive. Yeah. That's I what like I've him. heard, dude. That's what I've heard. Uh, seems like, and if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the largest contracts ever given to a undrafted free agent. Something because he paid, deserves it. They yeah. paid him like a six round pick, which they also did last year to AJ green. I think it was a $30,000 signing bonus and 162,000 guaranteed. Sure. So, yeah, they paid up for him, which seems to be another M.O. by Andrew Barry in the front office. uh, And again, you know, I'm happy because, guys, I've been beating the drum on interior defensive line for a while now of over a year. And man, another theme. Good value. Like, holy shit. You got this guy undrafted. That's crazy. Again, okay. basically, again, <laughs> basically saying that Sheldon Richardson is probably not going to be. Uh, yeah, I think I buy. I think okay. this move all but solidified it. Yeah, there's five defensive tackles now on the roster. Yeah, exactly. I could have seen it after they drafted Toji. And if they didn't make this move. Yeah, but and I know people are going to go, what's well, this an undrafted free agent? <laughs> no, ain't no undrafted free agent. By all accounts, this is this. As we all know, undrafted free agents can turn into players. It happens all the time. And I mean, and, there's more undrafted free agents in the Hall of Fame than first round picks. That there you, exactly. There you go. That's interesting. And wow, really? I yeah, didn't know 17 that. undrafted yeah. and 14 first round picks. Wow. That's wild. Um, so but by all accounts, everything that I'm reading and hearing. This kid is actually a really good, good player. So 
I'm looking forward to what a draft, guys. Holy shit. A plus just killed it. Yeah, I you know, I'm not one for grades, but I just based off of what I on paper right now. Yeah, it's an A. Hey, Mel Kuyper's the only one that didn't give us an A. I saw that. Who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway? He's there a you go. And a sellout. Yeah. Well, I see, I don't know. He, I love his hair. He's got good but I'm hair. like you, but I'm like you, Andy. I don't like grading drafts after the it, it just happens. It always feels so because you really don't truly know until two or three years after. Let's be fair. Uh, well, I mean, you could just fun to do, darn it. It is you fun. could just you could just grade it just based off the value of the player that they took at each position, and you could give it an A, even even without you know knowing the future and anything sure. like that. Just based on a lot of other people's boards, a lot of the experts or whatever, where they got certain players. I mean, Greg Newsom, JOK, getting them where they got them. Yep. I mean that that solidifies an A right there. Like uh, there's no other. They didn't really reach for anybody. Yep. So I don't know how anybody could be upset with this not, draft. Not me. Before we move on to our final segment of five random ass questions. You guys got any final thoughts on the draft? Just great job by the Browns. <laughs> it's not all the time to be a Browns fan, man. That's all I know. This is, is this is September yet. I guys. Uh, I will be 40 in September. I think this is the most talented roster the Browns have ever had since I've been alive. And that's saying a Whoa. lot, man. That's saying a lot because I, I those the 86, 87, 88 teams, those are some good rot. Man, those defenses were good. They were. And, you know, everyone knows the, the rest of the squad, Bernie and Slaughter and Langhorn, Mack and Biner. It's right there, man. This, this roster might be better than that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, got to win games, but I think it's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty evident to me. And we kind of talked about this during when we were all bullshitting on day two, watching the draft together. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe in my heart and I'm not, this isn't a biased opinion. It's just an honest opinion. I think the Browns are the second best team in the AFC right now. I, I really believe it. And I know but, Jack's pointing at number one at me, but you got it. I would have put them number one, but can't the way Kansas City has revamped their offensive line? Yeah, it's, dude, it's something else. And they're, they're the two-time AFC defending champs. You got to be, yeah. you got to beat the man to be the man. Um, but I, for the I, first time ever, there's no question marks going into training no, camp. There's no. none. All, I literally can't find a weakness on this team. It's all business, man. And I just, I'm with you guys. I just can't wait to get the season started. And OBJ's um, flying down the football. Oh field my again. gosh, the guys, the <laughs> talent, the talent and weapons. On both sides of the ball, and again, I got, I can't stress this enough. I can just cannot get over what Ari, what Andrew Barry has done to this defense. The transformation of this defense and this offseason is a, the thing of legends, man. I grant, I granted, they haven't won any football games yet with this new defense. They haven't stepped on the field yet, but holy shit, man! On paper, I mean, he. he <laughs> He's already the best GM since 99. It, it's There's like the and this only... guy is like five years younger than me. Right. What <laughs> the fuck, man? I'm getting old. How it's like I... it's it's like the only thing that could stop us is John Elway right now. It's ridiculous. We're not going there, though. We're not going there right now. 
Andy, you say he's five years younger than me, or you? He's yeah. five years older than me, which makes me want to reassess all my life. Dude, at 34, I was still in He went to Harvard. None of us went to Harvard. <laughs> at we should have all gone to Harvard. For th- at 34, for a side hustle, I was still working as the door guy at a bar. This guy's fucking general manager of my favorite football team. I love it. Well, thank you guys again for coming on here. But before we get you out of here, we got to do what we always that I always do with all my guests. And that's oh God. My, my favorite part of the show. And that's five random ass questions. So I've got three of you here. So how we're going to do this is I've got one question for individually for all of you. And then the last two, all of you, I will ask answers for each of those questions. Okay. All right, Jack, you're number one uh, here. Uh, I didn't get too crazy with these. I, I like to do stuff that's local to Northeast Ohio and Cleveland too. So it's just, you know, good conversation. Number one, pretty easy. What's the best, what's the best wings you can find in Northeast Ohio, Jack? Ooh. Yeah. Um, I miss my wings. I've been on the West coast for 19 years, man. The wings out here suck. They're terrible. I'm good. I'm going to stay local to yeah. where I'm from, which is the Barberton Portage Lakes area. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm blanking on the name already. Hold on a second. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's my, f- let me tell you something. It's my favorite wing place, but I can't even think of the damn name. Wow. I, I, I'm terrible right now. No, I, you, I, listen, doing- I work in a nursing home. I think I've attracted dementia in my 10 years working there. Gotcha. Um, Best wings. I used to go in Ashtabula. I used to like crow's nest wings. They were really good. If you ever been to crow's nest, it's an Ashtabula. Why am I doing this right now? Really good. I miss. Can you come back to me? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this is going great, guys. All right, Jack. I will. I will turn it back to you. I promise, my friend. Thank you, Alex. You were number two. Oh boy. Rank these Indians players as your favorites. Ooh, it's a good one. Now, not, not who you think's the best, just your personal favorite. Fair enough. Fair enough. Rank these three Kenny Lofton, Albert Bell, and Jim Tomey. Albert Bell, number one. It's not even close. That I man like is it. my freak. That man is my hero. That I man is my hero. I love I, you, Albert. I may or may not have watched the YouTube clip today of him hitting the grand slam off Armando Benitez in the 1996 ALDS. Oh, I was about to say, if it was the Lee Smith one, that was no. my first game. He was my hero. Uh, right. number, Bell? Number, number two is Jim Tomey, because actually, uh, quick story, I met him two times at autograph sessions. Okay. I got his autograph six months in between. I drove Hell down because yeah. I was visiting family from Detroit, so I went and drove the three hours down, stood in line for two hours with him, Sandy, and Nagy. Mm-hmm. Jim was the last one, and Jim said, wait a minute. I, I met you like six months ago. <laughs> Your name's Alex, right? I was like, wait, what? Oh, hell like, yeah. Hey, Alex, hey, how are you, buddy? I was like, uh, I but, love you, Jimmy. So, love but Jim. Kenny, I, I, I love Kenny a lot, yeah, too. Best Those center fielder in my gen- One of the best center fielders oh, in my generation. <laughs> You know what's funny? I love all three. Did but... autographs. I have auto. I have mul- I have autographs from Kenny Lawson and Jim Tomey. I don't have an Albert Bell autograph. I have like three. <laughs> I don't because every time I ever had the opportunity to get it, like clockwork, Albert refused to sign autographs. So he had one. So, he had one final thing I'll say about Albert real quick. I, I was. Well, I don't dislike Albert Bell. Session. I love Albert Bell. No, I ha- I was at his last autograph session in Cleveland. Yeah. And he had already signed with the White Sox. 
there was a long line at like a car dealership. I don't remember which one it was, but it was a long line. And all I remember was I looked up six-year-old me going like, why Albert? Why? Like a say it ain't so Joe moment. And he just looks down at me and he goes. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't like you anymore. And I just left. (laughs) And I I understand why he left now. I get it. Yeah. So I love him again. But like back then, I was like, I hate you. I love it. Okay, you were going to say something? Yeah, I have a funny Albert Bell story. Sure. um, I was born in 96 and my grandpa drove a lakefront bus. And he had the entire Indians, you know, on, on his bus. Sure. And he asked them to sign a baseball for uh, my mom to, for me. And I have this baseball. Everybody signed it except Albert Bell. Yep. So yeah. I have the 96 Indians <laughs> except Albert Bell. He just, baseball. he was a stubborn bastard and just never won. I, cause I, but I, cause you remember I was still a kid. I mean, during, I mean, I saw, Joey, when he was Joey, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw Joey Bell in probably 19. I have a Joey Bell card, probably 90 or 91. Uh, one of it, it was, it was either his rookie or second year in the league. I mean, I, I witnessed him. True story, I in person saw Joey Bell hit a home run against the Yankees in Old Municipal Stadium. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, that's I, I, I love I the will, guy. I was angry I will, when he left, and I was at I the will game say where he first came back to Cleveland after he had left for the White Sox, and they were throwing every battery. I will say one final thing for yeah. the younger generation. I have a feeling your, your it, questions always take the longest, Alex. It's my sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Just one last thing. Yeah, for people never, who never yeah. saw, for, for yeah. people who never saw Albert play, you never saw the real thing. No, that's all I'll say. You did. You never saw the real Cooperstown. Um, yes. He and is, so does Lofton. He is one of the best power hitters, pure power hitters, who could also just was just a good pure hitter that I've ever seen. It's a he fact. Led, he he led didn't have all, the longevity. He led all baseball players in RBIs during the 90s. And I know. That tends to get overlooked. I know. I know. I just saw it today. Between 95 and 96 combined, I believe he had 100. What was it? I don't know. 200 and 250 RBI. It was something ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was just, he was it's a just the politics of it. That's oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Because he, well, he, he was an asshole. Exactly. I mean, he was a dick to the media and little kids Kirby like Puckett, me. Kirby Puckett was a nice guy. Albert Bell was an asshole once in the Hall of Fame. Once yeah. in that, that's it. There you go. All right. Uh, well, didn't Kirby Puckett like a rape a woman or something? I think he did. Anyway, he's dead. So I don't want to talk too much shit, but I think he did. Uh, Caitlin, you're. This Do you want to go be... back to Jack? Do you want to go back to Jack? Oh, yeah, Jack. Go yeah, ahead. I got the answer now. Jack, what is the best wing spot for you in Northeast Ohio? That If you can think of the name, please. please. Okay, so it's, a, so it's a meat market, but they have some bomb-ass wings. If anybody's okay. in the Barberton, Portage Lakes, Akron area, Showcase Meats. They have, Showcase Meats. I like it. It's a smoke they, show over there, ain't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But they have great-ass wings. So I like it. All right. What was the name again? Showcase Meats. All right, now I I can understand how you would. It's kind of a sus name, but yeah, it's a very sus name, and I can see how I can see how you familiar with the Akron area. It used to be in Kenmore, but now it's in it's out of the Kenmore area per se. It's more in the Coventry Township area. So okay, all right, Caitlin, this is kind of actually I don't even know if I know the answer to this question. What is your favorite video game of all time? Because you and I have spent hours upon hours playing the video games over the years. You as well, Alex. Um, What is your favorite video game of all time? Oh man, there's so many. There's I know. So many. I only need one though. 
Um, if there's one game I could play over and over again, sure. Probably NFL 2K5. Hell yeah, that's what's up. I wish I, they, I wish they still made them. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or like early on in like the early 2000s, Star Wars had like a whole bunch of games like Jedi. Dude, I love those Old Republic games. and stuff like Old that. Old Republic, Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast, uh, Jedi those Academy. Were like I, I'm such a so Star Wars good. nerd so that those, those games are my childhood. They're so, remaking them, so I know they are. I know it's awesome. So, but yeah, NFL 2K5. Love it. I mean, you had Chris Berman, you had ESPN. Absolutely. Presentation. You did. I love it. All right, guys. This one's for all three of you, and I would like one answer from you all. Of these three Browns beat reporters, who is the sexiest? Fred Greetham, Daryl Ryder, and Tony Grossi. <laughs> who has the most sex appeal? Now, Fred Greetham is the I believe Fred is the oldest of this three, but listen, man, salt and pepper look I, is I in. Gotta, I, I mean, you got to go with Fred, right? You got to go with Fred. Fred is. I'm not go going Daryl. That's you for gotta, sure. You, well, it's not. This is, this is not about hating on one's look. Look, I think Daryl. I think Daryl is a handsome fella. He's got some things that he that he that I think something happened in his past that that he that you know. But he, <laughs> Daryl's got nice eyes. It's undeniable. He's got nice eyes. <laughs> Tony's got a nice smile. Tony's got a great and that skin tone tone. That yeah, skin yeah. tone though. Come on now. You he can't goes tan. A, I'm convinced you, he goes in a tanning bed. Dude, listen, man. That is all. That is that is that is true story. I've actually been blocked by Tony Grossi on Twitter twice in my life, but I am been unblocked twice. The first time he blocked me because because I tweeted at him. Uh, Lay off the tanning boost. You're not a professional wrestler. <laughs> Listen, that that was when I was a young, immature kid. I was Andrew Barry's age, probably. And <laughs> that's besides the point. But um, he does. He has that skin tone. And, you know, Daryl's got nice eyes. And Fred, man, he's, dude, you see Fred you during go, those OBR. You gotta go Fred. We gotta go Fred. We gotta go Fred. We stand we're, we're Fred. Going we Fred. stand Fred. Fred. It is official. Fred Greetham is the sexiest Browns beat reporter, according to not the same old Browns podcast. One of us should tweet him that. Uh, he is <laughs> the sexiest. There's no doubt. This okay. better be the clip for the show. <laughs> okay. Please, and tag him in it. I will. <laughs> yes! Fred, you are sexy, Fred. God damn it. Oh, God. The OBR crew is going to roll. With I me. love it. He is, man. Fred, Freddie Greaser, man, screams there's, sex appeal. Like, uh, there's I no won't hear there's no arg- else. No, there's no arg- I'm the one. Fred, number Pounding one. Pounding the drum. Thank you. All right, guys. This is, uh, this is the last question of five random ass questions. Number five. Uh, favorite football movie? I always try to throw a movie question in these. What's a favorite football movie of your guys's? I would, mine would probably be Remember the Titans or Unnecessary Roughness. One of those two would probably, if you've never seen Unnecessary Roughness, it's a 90s comedy from the early 90s, I think 92, 93. Very, very funny movie with Scott Balcula, Sinbad. A lot of I, so it's between two little giants it, i that's still a good love one to this that's a good but one. but friday night lights is a freaking masterpiece well it's yeah, okay. it's a masterpiece it's a good film it's a good film i like it jack remember the titans 
Yeah, it's a good one. And I dude. love draft day, but I'm yeah, yeah draft dude, draft day. It's one of the best. Okay, for Gardner. Okay, right there. Absolutely, man. And David, David, goddamn Putney, because I feel like you Listen, pancake eating motherfucker. Fucker, you pancake eating motherfucker. Okay, I know you're not a huge movie watcher, but I, I know, I know. I gotta uh, think you've seen a football movie that you I enjoy. have seen a few. Like, Friday, like, I, 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 Lights is great. <coughs> I, the Blind Side. The blind, I was gonna say The Blind Side, going yeah. kind of a little off the beat. It's a good bit. movie. It's a good I, movie based yeah, on a true mean, story too. Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't love? Yeah, it's a heartwarming story. The, exactly. I like, exactly. I like it. Yeah, mine would probably be. Have, have any of you guys ever seen Unnecessary Roughness? No, I have not. Really? I believe it's on Prime. If you have it, uh, guys, okay. I guarantee you guys will like the movie. It's about. It's about. Or a, the, or the longest yard. Or wait, I keep calling it unnecessary roughness but i think it's necessary roughness because <laughs> i'm dumb uh yeah it's called necessary reference from 1991 it is now on prime it is on prime uh it's a comedy and it's fucking hilarious it's about the it's about a fictional college football team they are the texas state armadillos rob schneider is the team announcer he's the announcer play-by-play guy um uh, really funny really funny movie highly recommend i'll check it out yes all right, guys. Thank you guys so much. Alex, Jack from the Top Dogs, my friend Kay from Crunch Time with Caitlin. Thank you guys, friends, for joining me for this draft recap show. Uh, get your plugs in. Work in the fine people. Find your Twitters. Find your podcast. All that good stuff. We'll start with the Top Dogs. Go. Yeah, uh, you can uh, follow us at the Top Dogs. Uh, our podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. You can follow me at the CLE Sports Guy. And you can follow me at Jack McCurry 08 and also check out thedogland.com. Absolutely. And I'll put links in the description for the Top Dogs Twitter and as well as the link to thedogland.com. Kay. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Dogland, I recently joined you guys. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, you guys all right for the Dogland. So land. yeah, I like right. it. it's it's uh, awesome. And then so I have a few podcasts. Obviously, Crunch Time with Caitlin, celebrating our one year anniversary of episode one. Today. Congratulations! So, so eighty five episodes in one year, which is just <laughs> insane to think about. I love uh, it. I love it. Go ahead. Sorry. And then so yeah, you can follow that wherever you listen to your podcast. It's uh, Crunch Time with Caitlin with a with a K. Um, I also have two other podcasts, Time of Possession and uh, a baseball podcast, if you're interested, le- called Lead Off Talk, uh, just weekly, you know, baseball podcasts, or the bullshit, or sh- bullshit about, um, they're all in my Twitter bio, bio, and you can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin cool. Oh, Caitlin you have a Linktree link, link, right, in your bio? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, I'll, sir. I'll put that in the description. I'll put our Linktree link, guys, where it'll have, you click on that, it'll show all her podcasts, all the things she's doing, all that stuff, and I'll also put her Twitter on here, too. Friends, thank you so much for joining me. Listeners, keep rocking it out. You guys have been awesome with your support. If you want to help out the show, leave this and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. I'll le- I'll read that bitch live here on the show. Also, if another way to help the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, share the podcast with them. Uh, find follow us on Twitter at not same Browns. Follow me on Twitter, Andy Cleaves underscore. Share the tweets with your friends and retweet them and all that good stuff helps the show. I appreciate you guys. What a draft weekend. Cleveland came out and rocked that shit. This is not the same old Browns podcast. This is different. I am Andy Lytle. I'll see you next time, guys. And we out. Go Browns, baby. Hoo, 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 hoo.